Hawks Nation, what is going on? Welcome to another episode of the Hawks Fan TV Podcast. I'm your host, Mac, and I am joined again by my oh-so-favorite co-host, Mr. Mr. Alex, the, the original founder of Hawks Fan TV. So glad to have him back. Alex, how you been, my man? Mac, good morning. Good morning. Good morning, everyone listening. I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Glad to be back. I know um, all off-season you were doing your thing with the pod, but now that the season is back, uh, AC is back. So looking forward to doing, you know, the whole season with you, man. I'm, I'm excited. Looking forward to uh, discussing about this team. And um, yeah, let's get into it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, man. I'm excited too, man. It's going to be a good season. You know, uh, the first two games of the season didn't go super well for us so far, as the Hawks are 0-2 for the first time since 2018. We will get into that, obviously, into this episode. We only have a couple games here to review for you guys so far. Uh, not exactly what we were all expecting. Um, I won't speak for everybody in Hawks Nation, but I will speak for most of us and say that I uh, was not expecting us to be 0-2, especially with the opponents that we have. Um, I know the Knicks are obviously, you know, not a terrible basketball team. We got to give them a little bit of respect that is due. But the Hornets are projected to be one of the worst teams in the league, and uh, we somehow lost to them as well, which... You know, I was just telling Alex off air, I'm not going to think into it too much. It's, you know, guys, it's still October. Like, I'm, you know, I'm not going to sit here and think too much into uh, how the Hawks are playing basketball at this current moment. Uh, but I, I did expect to see a little bit of different things so far. I think one of the major things that I think I expected to see differently uh, are two things, really. One um, was a hopeful improvement of Trey's efficiency. Uh, we'll, we'll get into that a little bit. And uh, also a little bit more ball movement than I've seen so far. Uh Alex, I think you even tweeted from the main account last night um, at some point, you know, where it was late in the second quarter. We were playing ISO on offense and we're not even moving the ball. It's just one dude driving into the lane, you know, obviously missing his layup. Um, so it's it was it was the style of play of basketball that the Hawks have done so much the last couple of years under Nate McMillan that I think all of us were uh, kind of under the impression that we would see changes amongst that. Already, I thought we saw changes of that, you know, in Quinn's last, you know, what was it, 20 games last year, and then even in the preseason. So I was a little shocked to not see that in the first couple games. But um, again, the the way I started this whole tangent, it's October. I'm not going to think too much into it. So uh, how how are you feeling, Alex? Yeah, it's it's a little bit of both. I, I have mixed feelings, Mac. As you mentioned, it is October. So, you know, we're only two games at 82. And last time I checked, there's never been a time and place where a team has either won or lost a championship uh, in October, right in the beginning of an NBA season. So there's that, right? There's the optimistic side of me where it's still early, we can improve. And, you know, we got Trey Young tweeting this morning or late last night saying like, he's not worried just to trust the process. Um, so I'm, I'm hopeful there. The other half of me is like, well, let's see. The past two years, when we were a play-in team after the ECF run, we were 500-500, uh, made the play-in, and then either got gentlemen swept or lost, you know, within six, the, the last two rounds. We lost in the first round the last two times we were in the playoffs. And it was very much the same of kind of what we've seen the past two seasons under Nate with these first two games of this season. Um, there's been a lot of good things. I think this team is... Uh, playing a lot more upbeat. They're playing faster paced basketball, getting out in transition, et cetera, et cetera. But then there's also flashbacks where we've seen uh, the traumatic experiences that we saw the last two seasons where it's a lot of my turn, your turn, right? A lot of Trey, Trey and DeJounte ISO, little ball movement, people just standing around on the court, and that's it. 
So in those aspects, that really concerns me. Um, the defense was terrible last night against the Knicks. I don't know what the game plan was. It, it looked very much like a Nate McMillan like coach team last night in terms of like we're leaving all of their three-point shooters wide open on the perimeter. Why are we doubling Julius Randle, who only has nine points the entire night in the fourth quarter? Like He's not cooking us, but yet we continue to send the double team and try to trap Julius, leaving other shooters wide open. Like That just blew my mind. Um, so in those aspects, it's a little scary. It's a little worrisome, but... With all that being said, I am still hopeful. I think, in, you know, I'm still going to give it like 15 games. I'm going to give it 12 to 15 games until we really decide, is this the same team from last year or is it a new and improved team? We'll see. The verdict is still out, uh, but I'm I'm hoping towards the uh, the former and not the latter. Oh, yeah. No, I think that's well said, man. I completely agree with you, you know, not to just keep hammering down. But, guys, it is October. I think, you know, Alex, you're exactly correct on that. Got to wait till about 15 games to, you know, really start making decisions on what we think the Sox team is going to look like this year. Uh, you know, I even said at some point during the Knicks game last night when we were leaving those um, wide open three point shooters for the Knicks and we're playing this ISO ball on our end and, you know, my turn, your turn, like you said, I, I was saying, I was like, you know what, I, I'm thinking that this is kind of one of those instances where um they're just kind of going back to what they're used to for lack of a better term if that makes any sense uh I, I felt like at times um it was not the style of basketball that I was expecting the Hawks to play and I think that was very evident um when we were leaving those three-point shooters wide open because I mean that that just can't happen man like it's the NBA it's the NBA in the the year of 2023 man you leave a you leave almost anyone wide open at the perimeter they're gonna make it man that's just you know, that's that's why they're in the NBA. So um, it's it was it was disheartening to see, as as you mentioned. But uh, again, it's not something um, I'm going to think too much into. Trust the process, as Trey said. Uh, but speaking of Trey, we'll kind of segue into what I thought was the uh, the bigger um, issue, if you will, out of the first two games is Trey's inefficiency, man. It's something that us as Hawks fans um, you know, I've heard you say it in the past, too. You know, we we can defend him on almost everything involved in the game of basketball, but his inefficiency is something that at times we can't really defend too well because facts are facts, man. Numbers don't lie. He isn't the most efficient shooter at times. Um, he is shooting eight for 35 on the season so far. So that is that's not good, guys. That's, uh, you know, not not something that our superstar player is supposed to be doing right now. Um, and again, you know, he's tweeting out trust the process because I'm sure he understands. He knows he's shot eight for 35. You know, he's he isn't under the impression that he's killing it right now. So I'm not worried about it. I, I know he's gonna he's gonna step it up, but man, you know, the inefficiency was bad and uh just some of the shots that he would take, man. It, it's I gotta admit, you know, it's it's like you're saying with the wide open three point and and some of the other things we were doing, those were just aspects of Trey's individual game that I was not expecting to see this year. I was expecting Quinn to kind of nip that in the bud and make sure that, you know, it was something that Trey wasn't really doing, man, because the the hard part to accept about when Trey will do that at times, whether it's late in the second quarter or late in the fourth quarter, it can lose us games, man. It really can. It's just like, Trey, you got, you got to be a little more um, cerebral on, on these plays, man, because, 
half the time it's not even that it's like, dude, like you can't be taking the shot. You're you're an incredible player. You know, you could go down as an all-time great. I'm okay with you taking the shot, Trey. Just make sure that it's a high percentage shot, you know? We're the, the game is tight right now. And I just I don't know. I, I think that style of play is not what you're playing when you're within a couple possessions. You know, it's a six point game or something. That's when it's you're up by 20 or down by 20. You know what I mean? Like, I just feel like he's got to be a little more precise in those moments. And, um, you know, I, the sample size is incredibly small so far for this season. So again, just like with everything else, I'm not going to think too much in a tray. It's only October, but I was hoping to see a little bit more efficiency out of Trey. Uh, uh, to yeah. Season. I mean, it's, it's, it's warranted, right? Like, like you said, Trey's our, our guy. He's our franchise superstar player. It's his team. And, you know, before I get into the the flaws of Trey, like regardless of what he shoots, like he still finds ways to impact the game, right? Like he's the only player that can get to the line at a frequent level every single night, right? You know, we saw it against Charlotte. You don't really get to, to the line that much uh, against New York last night. But for the most part, if his shot's not going down, he's going to find ways to, to impact the game, whether it's getting to the line, getting easy points for us, whether it's playmaking like it was last night. He should have had 14-ish assists last night if Clint Capella didn't, you know, miss two of those bunnies. So he ended the game with 12 assists, but... Uh, it's things like that. He's still finding ways to create for his team members and finding ways to to still make winning plays. Now, with that being said, his shot profile and his just inability to make shots from the field is concerning, right? It's it's he's kind of struggled with that pretty much his whole entire career. Um, and we were hoping that it wouldn't be that this year, but already early in the season in his first two games, uh, it looks pretty much like, you know, Trey Young is being back to being inefficient. So it's a little worrisome. Um, and I just don't know what it is. I really don't. Cause like, I know uh, when I look at Trey, like he's a deadly three point shooter. Like he, he can shoot threes and make him at a high clip. But then when you see him in game and like the types of threes he's taking, it's they're really like high difficulty level shots. And it's just, it's tough, man. It's it's really tough. And even like his finishing around the rim, I feel like has declined like in his first few years because he was getting to the rim, you know, like hitting the floater, going for the alley-oop uh, at a very, very high rate. That's kind of what led us to the ECF a couple years ago. But I feel like he's kind of swayed away from that floater uh, this past year uh, or this season and last season. So I don't know what's going on, man. I, I feel like he just needs to like like tune everything out tune like pretend as if the refs weren't there because I feel like he's pressing a little bit when it comes to attacking the lane and he like I feel like he's anticipating or trying to draw a foul instead of just like going for the layup or going for the floater and then if he gets fouled then great but I feel like that's messing with his his inability to like convert on these like shots within like seven feet of the basket. It's like, I feel like he's trying to draw some fouls. So therefore he's not actually trying to hit the shot, but more so focused on trying to get the foul. So it's tough. So hopefully he just like tunes that out. Um, you know, Trey is, can be a great player. We've seen him be an all NBA caliber type of player, 30 and 10, you know, playmaking crazily and, and, and scoring a lot of points for us. But He's I feel like he's just a little in his head right now. A lot of people have called it out. 
he starts off slow. Uh, that's not really a surprise. Historically speaking, he's always started off slow. And then post-All-Star break, he usually turns it up a notch. But I, I don't even want to wait till post-All-Star break. I want him to, to just turn it up now because we're going to need it. This team isn't good enough uh, for him to play like that like every other night. Like we need – we can have a bad trade night. It's the NBA. Every superstar has bad games. But we need that like once every maybe 10 games Trey can play really badly – but for those other nine out of 10 games, you need to play like Trey Young. And right now, the it seems like he's playing pretty bad like every other night. Yeah, it's not good. Yeah. No, uh, you know, you're exactly right. And I'm, I'm glad you did it. I, I I should have started my spiel on Trey as well, giving him this flowers because he certainly has earned plenty of flowers so far. And, um, you know, you look at his stats, man, and he keeps it up. He truly is going to go down as one of the all-time greats. I, I know I know the Trey Young haters out there hate admitting that but guys you know if I'm going to say numbers don't lie for him in a negative sense numbers don't lie for him in a positive sense too you know what I mean like his numbers are incredible and as you mentioned he always figures it out it's more of just you know that slow start of the season I think it's funny even my fiance last night was like man Trey always has a slow start of the season I was like he does he does yeah um you know but as, as you were mentioning kind of clearing his mind a little bit getting those uh just you know for lack of a better term the distractions out right um, I don't think distractions are always negative. And what I'm getting at is uh, during media day, I asked him a question about, you know, him being a father. And he mentioned that he has another one on the way. And you know what, man, maybe maybe some things related to his second child coming along. He's just a little distracted right now. He isn't fully focused. And I'm not trying to call him out. Like, I don't want that to be perceived as me trying to call him out of not being focused on basketball. He's a human being, man. He's got a second child on the way. Maybe he does have a couple other things on his mind right now, you know. And he's he can compartmentalize. I'm not going to speak for him, but he understands it's October too. He doesn't have to be, you know, laser focused right now. So maybe, maybe that is it. Obviously, just making speculations at this point. You, you have no idea what what it could be or or anything. Um, but just just want to put that out there. You know that that certainly could be something that you know is is fogging up his mind a little bit. Who knows? Um, but the, the reality is, is that Trey Young is an incredible player. Um, when he plays his best, he is a top five point guard in the league. Um, but his inconsistency when he plays bad, uh, you know, there's a lot of things that I say this about in life, like when it's good, it's good, but man, when it's bad, it's bad. When he plays bad, he plays bad, man. He does. Uh, it's, uh, um, and more often than not, as you were kind of getting at, the team isn't necessarily good enough right now for him to play bad and us still pull out a win. You know, um, you know, he played bad against the Charlotte Hornets. I know it's the first game of the season, but still that is a game that whether it's October, January or April, we should, we should win that game. You know, we should beat them. Um, and it's not like we got destroyed, man. It's a six point game. It's, you know, <laughs> I'm not, not going to act like we got our butts kicked by the Hornets or anything, but um, you know, it's more so saying those lesser opponents, you know, if Trey Young is not having his best game and we still end up losing, I think that has to be uh, something that we are taking in consideration. Maybe not yet, but like you said, 15 games of the season, if that's still happening, then, uh, you know, we we may uh, we may be close to hitting that peg button. Uh, you know, don't want to don't want to say that yet. But um, but, you know, as you as you look at the schedule for the Hawks coming up, we we play the Bucks on Sunday. Uh Strangely enough, the Atlanta Hawks, knowing the way we do, will win that game. We always seem to play well against the better teams in the league. 
Uh, you know, AJ Griffin will be playing against his dad. I'm sure there'll be a little extra motivation for that. That'll be a cool little story. Um, and I'm excited to see if any, whether it's Valley Sports or NBA TV, does any little story on AJ playing against his dad. I think that'd be cool. Excited to see that. Um, you know, and then we play the Wizards and the Pelicans, you know, uh, and then the Thunder after that. So I honestly think the next four games are all pretty winnable. Um, three of them are on the road, but, you know, I – Playing on the road in the NBA is not the same as playing on the road in the NFL. You know what I mean? It's just yeah, exactly. You can win on the road in the NBA. Um, so I I I can see us getting back on track, man. You know, after that fourth game against the Thunder, that is then our game against the uh, Orlando Magic in Mexico City, which of course is just a game that you know the entire organization, the players included. Um, it's a question I even asked on media day. They just they have to be honored by doing that. You know what I mean? Like if the NBA is choosing you as one of these teams that they're going to put on an international stage to grow the brand internationally, uh, that's got to be an honor, you know, to do it two years in a row to the Hawks. Um, obviously, the uh, Abu Dhabi game was a preseason game, but still, you know, international basketball. Um, it's just cool to see our organization be getting those that uh, that promotion, if you will, that that, you know, that that's that spreading of the word of the Atlanta Hawks. So. Uh, super cool that we get that, and that obviously will be right around the corner. And honestly, man, I think we could be sitting at five and two at that point. You know what I mean? And if we're sitting at five and two, four and three, I, I, I personally am going to feel a lot better about this team. But uh, we'll we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. Yeah, I mean, it would be the most Atlanta Hawks thing ever if we lost to the Hornets and then the Knicks and then beat the Bucks because. We've seen last year, right, like this Hawks team, and that's why this team was so polarizing, Mac, is because when we play like the upper teams in the league, we get a lot of wins. But then it's when we play like really bad teams like the Hornets or the Rockets or someone like that, then we lose. And then we're over here scratching our heads. It's like, why are these two teams night and day? It's like, well, why can't we just get one consistent Hawks team? So, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised at all if, if we beat the Bucks. Um, do I think we're still going to beat the Bucks? I don't know, man. Like these last two games really have me worried. Uh, but again, like I wouldn't be surprised if we beat the Bucks on the road. And that's that was our first one of the season. Like that's just like storybook Atlanta Hawks um, history right there. But like the when you look at the team right now, Mac, like Trey Young's obviously struggling, right? He's shooting what 20 uh 23-ish percent from the entire field these first two games. Not good, not not great. Like Pretty bad, really bad. Um, but he's, you know, he's still getting to the line. He's still creating a lot of assists. He's the only team, he's the only player right now averaging 20 plus points, right? He's just a barely above that threshold at 20.5 points per game. And then our second leading score, do you know who that is? Just off the top of your head, Mac? I would probably think De DeAndre Hunter at this point. Yeah, DeAndre Hunter is our second leading score after two games. And if you just had to guess, what what's his point per game at right now? Uh, Probably around 20. Close, 18. So he's at 18 points per game, but he's he's shooting the ball really well. He's at 55 and a half or 55% from the field, shooting 36% from three. So he's actually our leading field goal percentage shooter, and he's our leading three-point percentage shooter right now. Just like we all predicted. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just like everyone predicted, right? So Dre is really, uh, you know, shutting the haters up. He's been playing really solid these first two games, and maybe that is a coaching shift, right? Like we heard DeAndre here. Um, he said in the media day, like, Co Coach Quinn Snyder knows how to play to my strengths. Um, and maybe we're going to see a different type of Dre this year. Like, I've seen a different Dre, like, 
for all the predictions that we had and all the hype going into this team this offseason, Dre looks like he's greatly improved. So that's that's exciting. I know it's still like tough to say because he is much older than, let's say, like a Jalen Johnson or something, because I think Dre is, what, 25, almost 26 at this point. So he's not a young kid anymore. So like at this point, usually players are um you know, playing like they normally have been. But who knows, maybe we see a, an uptick in Dre because he's looked really, really impressive. And then Jalen, speaking of Jalen, he's our third leading scorer. Like Jalen was one of the few predictions that we all had was like Jalen might be worth the hype. And he's played and lived up as every good as bit as advertised uh, these first two games, right? Playing defense, getting out in transition, dunking on people, playmaking, rebounding. Like he just has it all, man. So I'm excited but for all the stuff like criticism that we gave Trey Mack, like another player that I really need to see step up is DeJounte Murray. He's our second all-star. He was our second 20-point per game scorer last season after Trey. So we need DeJounte to play up. Um, he had a really rough game against Charlotte. And for the first pretty much like three quarters of last night, DJ looked really bad. Like him and Trey were like trying to have a competition of who could play worse. Uh, in these first two games, me or you, like it was like they were trying to be like playing purposely bad. But then like towards the end of the third quarter, going to the fourth quarter, DeJounte picked it up a little bit. He was attacking the basket, finishing around the rim, getting to his like little mid-range area and converting on those. So I want to see more of that. I want to see more aggressive DeJounte because uh, when he's like on it, you know, he can pretty much cross up anyone in this league and beat his man off the dribble. He just doesn't do it as often as I would hope. So yeah, with all that said, man, we, we got a big game tomorrow, uh, and hopefully we can kind of even out this, this season so far. A lot of people are down. A lot of people are worried. But if we win and take care of business these next couple of games and we get back to 500 or, like you said, even get to like four and two, win these next four games, then I think everyone's going to forget about the first two. So, you know, here's to here's to being hopeful. Oh, yeah. No, I completely agree, man. You know, we, we definitely got everything we want to accomplish still in front of us this season, and um, you know, I will kind of kind of wrap up the episode on, on this. You know, I, I mentioned we started 0-2 for the first time since 2018, which doesn't sound great, but I will have a little bit of a positive spin on that. I remember during the broadcast last night, my uh, my hero and idol, Bob Rathman, was mentioning that, you know, the Hawks um, had won their opening night game six out of the last seven years in a row or something like that, right? I don't remember the exact stat. Um, but I remember thinking to myself, it's like, we're going to end up losing this game to Charlotte. And we did. But my positive spin on it is, you know, excluding obviously the 20, 2021 season where we ended up making it to the, you know, ECF um, and had that incredible run. You know, all those years that the Hawks started 1-0, 2-0, we didn't really do anything with it, right? So I, I guess I'm more so getting at, hey, we're 0-2, but, you know, maybe this just means that, you know, we're getting all of the bad basketball. There you go. Exactly. Getting all the bad basketball all the way now. So. <laughs> Yeah, we're flipping the script. We started off seven and three last year. Everyone was like, "Yeah, we're seven and three. We're top top three in the East right now. We're gonna do great." And then we shit the bed. And then hopefully this season we start off really slow, and then we flip the script later in the season. So then, yeah, who knows? Exactly, exactly, exactly. So, um, yeah, no. So we'll we'll I'll I'll wrap it up on this. I, I should have mentioned this during it, but it's it's a pretty pretty interesting stat. Um, so I started taking notes during the start of the third quarter, second half, we only had 11 possessions, which is not a lot. Uh, it was just under a third of our possessions in which we passed the ball more than once on, on the offensive possession. So 
Got to admit, I need to see a little bit more of an emphasis on ball movement going forward. Um, I personally, I don't know if it makes me old school, but I love ball movement, man. Like those Spurs teams back in the day, when they would pass the ball six, seven times in one possession and hit that open three, it was beautiful basketball, man. I know some people didn't like it. That slash and dash is what some people want, and that's fine. You know, you you can do both, actually, in a, in a basketball offensive scheme. So uh, definitely want to see more emphasis on ball movement. Against a team like the Bucks. we're going to have to move the ball more. Um, so very interested to see, uh, but you know, we, we got, we're going to flip that script guys. We, we, we got, we got everything still in front of us and, uh, it's going to be a good season. I, I stand by that. I stand by that. It's going to be a good season. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah. Looking forward to it, man. Um, like I said, still early, let's see how we look these next couple games and, um, yeah, we'll be back at it again for, for episode. I don't even remember what episode we're on, but for, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to covering the rest of the season with this pod. So let's, let's get into it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, guys. So uh, as I was just saying, win or lose, we will be here. We will continue bringing you guys that content from Hawks Fan TV, whether that's our podcast or our articles that you can check out at HawksFanTV.com. Be sure to give us a follow on X and Instagram at HawksFanTV. That's where you'll find our spaces and other cool content as well. Um, you know, Alex is always always tweeting during games. So it's, it's you know, I, I, I'm watching the game and it's like I'm watching it with them. So um, so definitely follow us on all platforms, check out the podcast, all of our articles as well. And, uh, just, just be, uh, keep, keep following us guys. Cause we're going to, we're going to keep it up. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Looking forward to bringing y'all great content. Appreciate y'all tuning in today. And as Mac mentioned, make sure you follow us on all our socials at Hawks fan TV. Yes, sir. As always, we'll see you guys next time. Hawks nation. Go Hawks. Go Hawks. Ha ha.